I'm 28 and I got a stuffed animal. Yeah, but you're not like <laughs> holding it when you go to sleep and you didn't bring him on the plane like a companion. You don't know that. Well, there's probably a TikTok for that. I bet he did after Blackfoot. <laughs> I bet he, I, you know what? I bet he did. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. Actually, it's television judge and jury this time, so we appreciate that. I'm here with my, my name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt Snyder. Better red than dead. They're laughing at me now because I'm all screwed up, but that's all right. We're leaving it because who gives a shit? And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. Yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about Miss Marvel, season one, episode four. Um Next in line of our television. God, we do a lot of television, fellas. I was laughing. There was a meme on my Facebook that popped up the other day where it was like, I don't know what movie it was from, but it was somebody like freaking out. And then it was like some girl like going like this. And then there's like people handing her like pieces of pie or something. And they had like, she was freaking out and it had like all the different TV shows that are coming out. And it's like me trying to watch all this stuff. And I was like, hey, I can relate to that right now. <laughs> so... Lots and lots to do, um, but yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about this one. The action picked up a little bit, but shit got weird. What in the fuck is going on with this show, JJ? <laughs> I swear. Yeah, shit got weird. I don't know who who even is anybody anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so I lost. Mean, clearly, we're not talking about Bruno anymore. He's just yeah. thrown out the window. <laughs> Yeah, that dude's gone. Yeah, so we go to uh, Karachi, which was kind of cool, the the shift into that and seeing. I like that they they went there and they... Where do you think that was actually filmed? I don't know. I'm sure it wasn't in Karachi, but... The volume. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it could have been the volume. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, I was mad though. I was mad about this because last episode, I was all about how are they going to get the mom to Karachi, you know? And then in a brilliant and annoying storytelling, they just decided to do that off screen. And oh, we're in Karachi now. And I was so mad because I was like, that is that is brilliant, and I hate them for it. Yeah, I was a little confused, right? Because it's just all of a sudden we were like, how's she going to get there? And then they just decided to do a mother-daughter trip brilliant but it's diabolical and i'm so mad yeah i mean yeah they went there it, and it was funny because like I, you know it doesn't surprise me with the family dynamic that they've shown so far in the show that grandma says get your ass to karachi and mom goes this is bullshit but let's go <laughs> Grandma said we gotta go, so we're going. Like, it, it was completely and utterly plausible to me that, and they did it so brilliantly in the airplane trip with this poor bastard that was stuck between the two of them. Because <laughs> I was like, that's exactly how that would go. You know what I mean? Like this strained relationship with mother and daughter would have some poor sap just stuck right between the two of them. Well, the funny thing is, is because they had to buy their tickets, right? So they bought the window and the aisle knowing that someone would have to sit between them. Yeah. <laughs> or it was so already funny. bought, but no one no, no one outright buys just the middle seat unless they have, like, crap heat. Yeah, no. Yeah. But I like that that dude roasted her with her uh, 
her napping pillow. Yeah. Know, we all know. How old is she? Is she like 15? 16? Uh, 16. Because she's learning to drive. She's yeah, still got a stuffed animal. Yeah, that's a problem. I'd be making fun of her too. Everyone's made fun of her. Her brother. The, the random Matson. I'm 28 and I got a stuffed animal. Yeah, but you're not like <laughs> holding it when you go to sleep and you didn't bring him on the plane like a companion. You don't know that. Well, there's probably a TikTok for that. I bet he did after Blackfoot. <laughs> I bet he, I, you know what? I bet he did. Did not. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought it was pretty funny that throughout the episode she got roasted for the sloth. And the, I mean, the sloth is for her YouTube channel that we saw in the first episode, but I thought it was pretty hilarious that she took it's a it's a napping pillow. It has wings. Like, <laughs> how can that be comfortable? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but apparently it was. Yeah, it worked for her. It was cute. I did. It's, it's all made up. Wholesome show, so- man. So this uh, this uh, secret society, mm. that's the Red Dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that just how you make a secret society? You just add red in front of whatever you want? Well, I mean, sure, but that's not actually in the comics. The Red Dagger is not a society. It's a it's an actual character, and he they did a good job. This kid that's the Red Dagger in this episode looks just like his comic counterpart. But they didn't. It wasn't a society in the comics. It was just one guy. There was this kid, and he was from uh, Pakistan, but he he lived in Jersey. So they met and become friends in Jersey um, because he moved there from Pakistan. So I'm assuming that we're seeing because we're seeing the setup for Miss Marvel that Red Dagger is going to be very similar. My guess is now that this mentor. Uh, we something or other I forgot his name and I feel bad about it because he was pretty cool um, is dead that he'll move to the states when when uh, Kamala goes back but yeah because I really enjoyed that part mm-hmm. um, one of my biggest beefs with kind of newer shows and where they're going and it was one of my biggest beefs with the sequel Star Wars that I got the poster behind me for was that apparently training doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, and I love that they put in, even though it was only like a 30-second clip, because that's all I need, right? I don't need the whole experience from start to finish. Just show me that somebody is teaching this this hero how to do something that they don't know how to use. Yeah. And I loved it because he's in there. He's like, hey, this is what you do. This is how you use this thing. You know, we'll help you out. And it's an using her stuff. You got to go back, Alec. You broke up there. You froze. Are you kidding so, me? No. So where you said, we'll teach you how to use this stuff. That's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Teach you how to use the stuff and then <laughs> shows her how to use it. Yeah. Uh, so now that she, now I'm okay believing that she actually understands her powers. And her Do you think powers. all superheroes can be this unathletic and still be this successful in a fighting scene? Makes you wonder. I mean, yeah, I. it's my one, if I had a gripe with this show, because I do enjoy this show, is that she seems so really comfortable in the middle of a fight scene or a battle that I'm like, you're just an awkward teenager from Jersey. So when she throws that, that dagger back. Now that made me it. laugh. I, that one I was like, thank God they made her look like, 
you know, she just didn't throw it back perfectly. Well, yeah, but then you're like, if she's doing that, then like, thank goodness for these crazy hands and this band that blocks her and protect. I don't know. I just that's my only. I think my only gripe is is she doesn't instill confidence in me as a superhero when she's gonna if she's gonna fight some overarching bad guy later in a movie connected to Captain Marvel. I'm like, she's a liability at best. Yeah. My guess is that there's something that's now that she's in 1947 Karachi or whatever time frame that's going to be during the partition that she'll meet Aisha, great grandma Aisha. And she'll my guess is the reason that she's so good in a fight with the bands and the powers is that there's some sort of help that the band is giving to help her be more handicap. Sure. That's, you know, that there becomes an instinctual piece of that. Um, that's my guess. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're just making her a little OP, but which again, it's entertaining enough to me. And I like her as a character enough that I let it, I forgive it. But I did have a couple moments in this one where she's fighting like these hundred year old, a hundred on earth for a hundred years, master weapon, or weapon masters with their own, you know, super weapons and things like that. And she holds her own, if not, outdoes them in every turn i'm like is that really realistic hmm. but she got trained jj she had her 30 second training scene yeah but they only trained That's her all of, i need they only trained her That's of where the I power need. comes from dude like <laughs> there's a difference between hey your band is powered by the nor and that comes from this dimension well you now you can fight <laughs> <laughs> back in Moon Knight with Mark and Steven, like, and the, what's the, the super killer with Moon Knight? I forget that character's name. His third personality. Oh. Um, Jake. Jake, yeah. Jake. Boom. And nice. Marvel Jake, expert. Jake had all that training and that muscle memory and clearly was a more efficient fighter. And then, I don't know, I just equate that to, like, Kamala. And you're just like, yeah, like, you barely can open your own locker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It, yeah, it went the the show went weird. Like I don't understand the time travel thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean it, the the portal that it looked like she went through when she got hit there at the end was very reminiscent of the portal that Cleo opens at the end of in the post credit scenes of of uh, Doctor Strange two, where she cuts it open. That's really what it looked like to me. So I'm wondering if somehow this band gives her the ability, I mean, obviously it does, to time travel, but if it needs to be damaged or who knows what. But it was that was a piece of this I did not see coming because that's not mm-hmm. at all part of her power set. Or even, I don't even think the Nega bands give that kind of power, but... I don't remember well enough to say yay or nay, but it was it mm-hmm. was an interesting twist. So I'm wondering if she's the one who pulls her grandma back onto the train. Mm. Because she's heard this story, right? Yeah. And her grandma's told her that she gets pulled back onto the train by this power. Um, yeah, the I train of stars. Her, yeah. I wonder yeah. if she's the one who does it because she's now stuck in... 1970 or whatever when the partition was 1970 1874 1947 
So that's what I'm thinking is that she's the one who ends up bringing her grandma back on the train. Yeah, I was wondering that same thing, too, if we were going to have, you know, here's the, the tie-in. She meets Aisha. Aisha gives her a crash course in how to use the band and and have it make sense to where she's not just using it on raw instinct and then saves grandma and Aisha sacrifices herself. My guess is, too, that the the big bad, what's-his-face, is uh, Cameron's mom, will have killed Aisha somewhere in this same area. But then also, are we going to have the dual bands? Or are there actually two? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of questions that now I'm like, now that she's in 1947 where this story took place or whatever time frame, I don't know if that's... I know that's when the partition happened just because I've been so... And this episode didn't help it any. Watching it, I was like, I'm just even... Every time I watch this show, I'm more interested in knowing about the partition and it's an ugly thing. Like, colonialism is gross. And, <laughs> I mean, it's... So, not neither here nor there, but since the door's open to it, and it's it's a big piece of this backdrop of this, mo- this show, there were two... It was 10 to 20 million people displaced by the partition. Because you were either on the Indian side, and you were not Muslim... Or you were Muslim and you had to switch sides depending because it was divided based on religious lines. So non-Muslim mm. and Muslim. And that's where Pakistan and, and India were created. Uh, Pakistan was later in the 70s separated from a couple of things, but that was when Bangladesh separated from Pakistan. And then there was earlier ones with Burma and a couple of other places that separated from both one or the other side. In that 10 to 20 million, it's estimated, and they can't confirm because it's estimated that between 200,000 and 2 million people died during the partition. Whoa. That's a huge uh, range there. And I'll tell you why. Because only a certain amount are confirmed dead. The others, somewhere between, they estimate that on the, I think, and I might flip flop these, so I apologize, but. On the Pakistani side, so moving from Pakistan to India, 0.8 million people just disappeared. They just, and I don't want to say disappeared, but they are gone. The, you know, you can't. nobody can find them. Nobody can give history as to what happened to them. On the India to Pakistan side, 1.2 million just gone. So you have anywhere from... million to 2.2 million people that just didn't make it one way or another. That's, I mean, that's, wow. There were religious cleansings. There were, the more I read about this, man, it's no wonder that that's such a volatile. And the reason that India and Pakistan have both not fully moved into the fully developed nations because it's just, man. It's crazy. And they still are very much at each other's throats. Like, they don't have a great relation, working relationship, the two countries. So, and understandably, I mean, it's it's nuts. Reason number 340 million that I don't like religion. So there's my... Jeez. But I've been... I mean, it's been... Every time I watch this show, I end up diving into the partition and learning a little bit more. But it was not a good thing. And it was all because the British pulled out 
And I love the, the, the grandma. Like, she's like, based on some advice given by some old white British dude. <laughs> it's like, yep, that sounds about right. I, <laughs> you know, anyway, nothing good ever yeah. came from colonialism. No, but like even worse than colonialism is leaving yeah. Because then you leave a power vacuum because yep. the same thing happened all over Africa. Oh, yeah. Where after you've divided a certain group of people based on how you view that they should live and operate. And then you decide to just bounce. Um, but what kind of intrigues me is I like sequences of events. So mm-hmm. like the British left Pakistan and, you know, cre- or in India and created the partition based on world war two mm-hmm. and you know, world war two and everything. So like you can trace these events back. There goes Alec again. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You can trace these events back to something to like uh, time travel with the butterfly effect. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And like how little almost, uh, teeny tiny events can just change a huge entire outgrasp on uh, things that are happening. Um, so that's what I like is I like seeing the sequence of events like, okay, one A plus B plus C equals D type of a thing, yeah. which was my favorite part. Americans being confused and ditzy. <laughs> I love that. I don't, I don't remember who I was talking to the other night, but I was like, yeah, I was talking about that, that we live in a nation full of knuckleheads, and that's the reason we're in a lot of the issues that we are. So I like that, ABCD. Um, yeah, and just for, you talked about Africa, and this has nothing to do with the show other than I like to pitch good podcasts to people, but there's a podcast called Behind the Bastards. Um, no affiliation, we're not sponsored on uh, this you've mentioning You've talked about this group before. Yeah. And this guy's cool, like he's a, he's a journalist, but he researches like just terrible people, and a lot of times that turns into dictators and and the congo like you talk about colonial colonialism the congo is probably one of the worst in africa for that to happen to and king leopold of belgium was the man what a dick so if you're looking for some very terrible things and why colonialism and some of our major nations especially the british and in the european nations that were colonializing the whole world it just like you said when you when they leave shit gets worse so, anyway, Miss Marvel. Um, I did like that there were some. It looked like deaths in this show. Like, hopefully, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't actually see them not stop breathing. There's no pulse checking going on in, in the middle of that Their fight. Eyes are but, always closed, never open when they get stabbed. Yeah, but always, always sleeping. Yeah, exactly. But you never know in superhero shows and movies. So, I mean, it's it, they may have some, but they all seem human to me. So. The guy from the red, you know, the red daggers goes down saving Kamala, and then like half of what's his face, Cameron's mom's crew's down. The one dude, the only dude that might have got away from is the dude that got hit by the giant bus, but that looked like he was toast too. But there was the guy that got stabbed with the daggers. There was a guy that the other kid took down. I I think she's missing some gin all of a sudden hmm. or clandestine whichever one you want to go with so i yeah but i'm intrigued i hope they you know i hope they stay that way i think that's a good 
change from a lot of what we watch in these shows is there is damage yeah, to these battles that. but i don't know this episode was just uneventful for me i didn't have the family dynamic and i didn't have um what's his name's bruno right or we else? don't talk about him <laughs> i don't know I, did, I just didn't it's funny all the action and whatnot i just felt this episode was kind of meh and mm. i wasn't as involved as i've been before interesting yeah, I think it was my favorite. I love the part with the grandma or the mom when they're trying to chew on the 18-year-old <laughs> toffee mm. pieces. How do you eat this? <laughs> After yeah, she lectured a, her mom. You find a way with that Halloween candy that's oh. old when you were a kid. It didn't matter how, by hook or by crook, you'd be getting that ki- that candy down. That's right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued on this whole uh, reconciliation between the moms and daughters in the show. Like I enjoyed that moment too. I, I liked the little peaceful moment that she had, like the normal life moment where she's sitting there eating the, the food out of the bag and she was struggling with hot food. I love that they were making fun of her through the whole episode. Cause she's obviously an Americanized, um, Pakistani because boy, she couldn't handle the heat. So I, I just thought there were cute moments and it was, an interesting show, but there was much more action. But we are in a weird place with the time travel thing, so we'll see how that goes. Any final thoughts, Alec? I like it. So for the first time, and <laughs> for the first time, I like this episode. Um, I mean, I have my own problems with it, and it's you know me being nitpicky. Sure, um, but the the tr- the sensei or whatever mm. guy for the red dagger like he straight up you know knocked all the clandestines down after being surprised and then apparently he lost all of his fighting skills as soon as they left his dojo <laughs> yeah that's fair um but you know plot armor move the plot along he's got to die apparently yep. um but I, I had fun you know now she's stuck in 1947 uh, but, you know, is she actually stuck in 1947 or, you know, how is she going to get back? And so now this feels to me more like Marvel. Yeah. Um, it's getting crazy. It's getting kind of wild. Um, and, yeah, I missed out on, you know, having her dad there. But her cousins and her grandma were so funny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah, I had fun for the first time ever nice. in this in this show. And this is uh, episode four. So this is right where I started liking Obi-Wan was episode four. And then they ruined it. So we'll see if Miss Marvel can be better. That's uh, funny. Hmm. Walid. That's the guy's name. That Walid. Walid. And Walid. Okay. The actor that plays the Red Dagger, the kid, has the coolest name. His name is Aramis Knight. K-N-I-G-H-T. Oh. Yeah. That guy just went up like three notches in my book just for his name. Yeah, that's like a video game movie character name. It's like they named it after the dope. Three Musketeers. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's dope. For me, like, I I was a, a little bit distracted watching this. Um, I did, what was I doing? I don't remember what I was doing. But I think I need to go back and watch it and just piece some things together because it just didn't, the first episodes I was all in glued, uh, but my attention was slightly diverted, and I think I suffered because of that. Mm. And just didn't feel like I had as much connection, so I think I need to go back in and listen. So let that be a lesson, people. Multitasking isn't always the best tasking. That's fair. Especially when watching 
probably what shouldn't be as complex as it is complex television. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, it wasn't my favorite episode, as ironic as it is, even with all the action and things like that. So I'm with you on that piece. But I did enjoy it. And I think I liked how nonchalant the grandma was. Like, I think that was one of my favorite parts is when she comes in and she's like talking to her grandma and she's all tense. And she's like, yeah, we're gin, whatever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got superpowers, whatever. That's not you're here because you got to find something and figure it out. And you brought my daughter along and I appreciate you guys being here. But stop worrying about it. And I'm just like, Jesus, like <laughs> she's got this people from another dimension chasing her ass. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, we're gin, <laughs> whatever. Hmm. So, and then they did explain, I mean, it just, it just moves the story forward. It's, it's a quick paced show. So I like that part too. Um, and I'm interested to see the next two episodes, but I do feel like this was, a strong transitional episode to move from one piece of the story to the next. We we're past the introduction part. We know who we're dealing with and what we're dealing with. Now it's let's get into the meat. And so they had this different transition. And so I'm very excited for episode five to see if we're going to spend the entire episode in the partition or if we're half of it, third of it. But there is a, I've seen a trailer for the sixth, like a part that has parts for the sixth episode and, she gets her full-on outfit and is rocking and rolling, looking like she's got it figured out. So she's obviously going to learn some things in Episode 5. So excited to see that. But, yeah, overall, just a normal episode of Miss Marvel, I guess, with some weird shit going on at the end. All right, well, there it is. Madsen, tell everybody where they can find us. Like, if you want to see what Alex got going on at TikTok, he <laughs> continues to roast us in the best ways. I'm just waiting for my next one. Uh, it's up. Yeah, it's up. Uh, great. I need to. It's awesome. Him. Great. That's what I'm doing right after this. Um, check us out at, at What's Up Verdict on TikTok. Check us out on our social media handles as well, just to see what's upcoming. Um, what's Up Verdict.com. We're also on YouTube um, for some of our spoiler freeze as well. Basically, wherever you want to listen to a good podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, you can find it. And we appreciate you all listening. Hit that follow, like, or subscribe button and keep those user requests coming. We're going to talk about those shortly after this recording and figure out when we can fit in some of the things you've requested. So looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Whoa. Bye. Cinematic out.